As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. What we really need, like anything else that's this huge undertaking in our lives, is a roadmap. I think that most women, and men too, come into it not prepared. And whether you're the person who has spent time thinking that you want out, or whether it was dropped on you by your spouse, you know, and you're shocked by it, most people aren't fully prepared for the range of emotions they're going to feel and also the range of just tasks that they have to do. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy you're here with us. Today we have Pilar Prince, who is here to lead women through the singular time in their lives, divorce, with confidence, warmth, humor, and good-natured badassery. I mean, if that doesn't have you hooked, I don't know what would. Her experience as a top divorce lawyer for the past 20 years has propelled her into the national media scene as a guest legal expert on CNN, Fox News, and other national programs. In 2021, she was voted one of the best lawyers in America in the field of family law. And guess what? She's here today to help you figure out which steps you need to take next when you're ready to get divorced. Pilar, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Michelle. Um, I, you know, I think that the work you do, anybody who's in the space of helping people through this time is not just, you know, amazing and so needed, but rewarding, right? Like you, you are able to take people from point A to point B and make their lives hopefully better. Yes. Um, in fact, when I first started practicing law over 20 years ago, I was in more of a corporate area of law. And when I left that firm, I said, I want to do something that directly impacts people. And I don't know that I knew just how much I would directly impact people until I got into this area. And so over 20 years, you must have seen so many things. I can't even imagine. Like, I I, I don't know if you kept track of, of how many divorces you've handled in the last 20 years, but I'm sure it was many. And we all know that with experience comes knowledge. I know for me personally, starting the divorce process and knowing nothing about the law or really anything other than my own experiences as a child of divorce, I felt lost. And so many women come to me and they say, I know I need to take this next step, but I don't know what the hell to do next. Right. Yeah, it's very overwhelming. Um, I have seen women from all walks of life, you know, from 
stay-at-home moms who really, you know, got married right after college and never had a career to women in the C-suite. Um, and all of them feel that same way. So that feeling of overwhelm and loss, and I'm not even sure what to do, is something that I think affects everybody, no matter where you come, you know, where you start in this journey, it affects everybody. Right. And I think what you're doing is helping women get divorced in a better way. Your website says, do more than survive, thrive. And I don't think that people really know that that's possible, right? Like I think everybody or society tells you, okay, you're divorced, so you might as well be dead. And that's it. Your life's over. But for those of us who have been through it, we know there's so much more after that. Yeah, I have a lot of women that come to me and truly don't know that they're going to survive. You know, and it's it's really when they're at the very beginning of what is a trauma in their lives, they have said to me, I don't know that I'm going to make it through this. And, you know, the joke, like the divorce diet, right? They lose weight and some of them suffer from physical illnesses, mm -hmm. struggle at work and all the things. And it's been a joy to me to see. I keep in touch with a lot of my clients. And now through Divorcing Good Company, we keep in touch with our community. It's a joy to see women come out on the other side. And I've had women say to me, I'm so much happier or, you know, I'm in a better place than I ever thought I would be. And I try to take their message and share it with other women who are at that beginning to say, I've seen hundreds of women come through it. And I know you're going to also. I love that. I'm writing that down because that's good. I've seen hundreds of women go through it. That's your quote for this episode. <laughs> um, so I think I've heard, I've, I heard recently, and I don't remember where it was a quote I included in some work that I did that how you begin your divorce sets the tone for the rest of the divorce and the co-parenting relationship, if there are children right. involved. And that's really the big question. Like, what do you do next? You're a woman who knows she needs to go. It's daunting. It's scary. We know those things, but she still needs out regardless. So what are the steps that you think women need to take? And what are the ones that they often miss because of this feeling of like being bogged down with responsibility? Well, that's a loaded question. Do I have a couple hours? <laughs> no, I mean, really, really, it is, it is something that we could talk on for a very long time. In fact, um, we have one of the things I'm proudest of through Divorcing a Company is we have created an employee wellness program called Forwardly, which really provides a roadmap. So employers offer this free of charge to their employees and it provides a roadmap because as I always tell people, I mean, divorce, you probably know this, is listed as the number two life stressor. It is only after death of a spouse. It's that significant. Yeah. And separation is listed as number three. So just the act of separating from your spouse is a separate stressor all of its own. Right. And what we really need, like anything else that's this huge undertaking in our lives, is a roadmap. I think that most women, and men too, come into it not prepared. And whether you're the person who has spent time thinking that you want out or whether it was dropped on you by your spouse, you know, and you're shocked by it. Most people aren't fully prepared for the range of emotions they're going to feel. And also the range of just tasks that they have to do Yeah, from the biggest to the smallest. I mean, there are all the things. And so sitting down and working with someone to have a roadmap and a plan so that each day isn't just filled with 
I don't know what to do. What am I doing next? But to really have a plan for how you want to handle it and also how you want to behave. You know, I think that's a big thing is we see so many people get derailed by the legal process. It takes on a life of its own. You have other people telling you how to feel from your lawyer to your friends, to your family, but really deciding from the outset, the kind of separation and divorce you want to have and holding to that and making that your North star and following it all the way through. So that's a really good point you bring up because emotions are so high at, at this stage in the game. Even if you want the divorce, even if you feel this is the best thing possible, it's still a really emotional time. And as we know, it's very difficult to make rational decisions when you're that emotional. So how would you suggest a woman would step outside of that, like, you know, fierce emotion to make better decisions? So we have a checklist, um, one of our, in our communication tool, which is called Divorce Scripts. And it's scripts for the 40 most commonly difficult conversations. Oh and as goodness. part of that, we yeah, it's the things I've heard and the, the, the notes, you know, the emails and texts I've read thousands over the years. And it's clients saying, how would you say this? Or I wish you could say it for me. So we do. It is a fun, neat project. But we have part of that. We have this checklist. And it's for communicating. But really, so much of this is communicating. And we wrote out questions to ask yourself. And they're things like, is my language insulting? Am I sticking to the facts? Um, If I reread this 10 years from now, how would I feel about myself? How would I feel if my grandmother or my child or whatever higher power I believe in read this? And so you could take that into not just reading, but behaving. Right? How would I feel if my grandmother saw how I was behaving in this divorce? How would the better, you know, how would my best self 10 years from now, when I'm past all this, look back and and feel about how I'm behaving? Because when we're caught in the moment, it's really easy to get caught in the emotion and have the lowest common denominator of whoever's behaving the worst. Right. But we, like in everything, have a choice. You cannot choose how your spouse behaves, you cannot choose how their lawyer, if you're, you know, if you're in a contested divorce, you can't control the court system. You can't control what other people say to you, or even the people that care the most, how they might suggest you react. You can always control your own behavior. Absolutely. And, and that's something I, I work on with my clients because we're very often dealing with an ex-spouse who is high conflict and that notion of control, you know, first we're grappling with as moms, I don't have control over my child now for let's say 50 or 60 or 70% of the time, which is so stifling and awful. But then on the other side of that, there is someone who is high conflict, who is trying to control me and, and everything is just, everything flips on its head. Like you're in a position you never thought you'd be in. And one of the one of the things I had to work the hardest on and one of the things I help women with is that element of control, how to give it up where you need to and how to not let that sort of long distance coercive control infiltrate your life now. That's right. It's like say the serenity prayer over and over to yourself. And over and over again. What are some ways that you would suggest if a woman is committed to doing everything right, 
is able to put her emotions to the side, but is dealing with somebody who cannot do that. What are some strategies that you recommend um, for the divorce process if you're up against something of that nature? I think the biggest thing is deciding early on the outcome that's most important to you because there might be 10 things or a hundred things that you think are important and you want at the beginning, right? Like I'll give an example of keeping the marital home. For a lot of women, that's something that's very important. And and I understand it. We just wrote a blog about it, I think a week or two ago. You know, is it, should I keep the home? So you have these decisions that might feel really big, but you've got to balance them against everything else. You've got to balance the financial decisions you make with the emotional ones, with the legal ones, mm. with having the time to still do, you know, be a good employee if you're one, right? Keeping your job is important through divorce, being a good mom. And so I think laying out the priorities, and again, I come back to acting in a way that keeps your focus on those because you can't have it all. Right. And I've been involved in personal family litigation recently, and I even had someone say it to me, as long as I've been doing this, I had someone have to say to me, you need to choose, right? You're going to go down this path or that path, but you can't, if you want to have a life of anger and deal with all of the conflict and engage in it, which I know it's, it's easy to say and a lot harder to step out of it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to step into that, that's one thing, but you can't do that and simultaneously be building a life to peace, right? They're in conflict. And so I think at that's every stage, you've got to say, what is my goal, right? And so what, what, are, what are the decisions I'm going to make knowing that this is my goal? I had a client once that was dead set on keeping the house. Like this is where my child was born. Her child is two years old. This is where we're going to stay. It's what's comfortable for her. She fought tooth and nail. And I asked her a question. I said, if you get the house, you may not get the money you want. She wanted lump sum alimony. How do you plan on maintaining the home? And this was like, you know, 6,000 square foot property in, um, in California. And she was like, oh, yeah. I said, let's sit down and talk about that. And then she was like, my goodness. I don't want this home. And I think, you know, that again, it's that emotional piece of what we're so tied to emotionally. Like we need it. We have to have it. It's what's right. It's what's fair. But sometimes what's fair or what seems right is only going to make our lives more difficult down the line. That's right. That's right. And it takes a lot to step back from that. And it, I think also to step back and say, I can get stuck on principle all day long, right? Oh. The principal doesn't pay the bills no. and it's not freeing. I mean, you know, when I get stuck on principal, I probably don't make the best choices for myself, right? Yeah. So it's it's really, and you know, this thing of if you've been wronged or if you have a spouse that's high conflict, feeling like either I don't want to let them win or I'm being weak if I don't react or they're saying something that's not true. I need to disprove that. No, you don't. I mean, there are times I'll say to my clients, you need to respond to this. I mean, if someone's making serious allegations and you're in the middle of a contested custody case, you might need to respond, but you might need to do nothing more than say what you're saying isn't true and I'm not going to engage with you further. Mm -hmm. 
send, move on with your day, right? Exactly. It might be that the best way to handle things is to not engage. And back to principle, I, I found that the people who are so dead set on principle often fare the worst in these cases and the fight just drags on longer and longer. My husband always likes to say there's no principle in co-parenting. It's, you know, right. when you're, well, you know, what's what you think is owed to you may not be what's best for the children. So you have to put principle aside. I love that you bring that up. Yeah. And I promise your kids aren't thinking about principle. No. Right. They're just they're just thinking about two parents and they probably love them both and they don't want to be involved in the mess. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do anything, I have to ask. Have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands. The list goes on and on and on. And all of this at only $9.99 a month. Yep, you heard that right. $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to momsmovingon.com slash become a member and join us today. Speaking of children, so preparing to get divorced, um, thinking about child custody arrangements, what do you suggest there? Oh, it's so different. I mean, again, I think you've got to start with thinking about what you want. And this is a hard one. I mean, I'm a mom. I get it. The thought of not having my children with me every day. I know how painful that feels, but the more a parent can focus on what's best for their child and being child centric instead of, I can't bear this or that, it's really hard. I think that's one of the hardest things I see. And so I advise clients, go talk to a child psychologist because you might find out some information and learn some things that help open up your viewpoint, right? Like I had someone tell me years ago that a child in their mind believes they're half mom, half dad, you know, two moms, whatever it is, they're half of each parent. And so when one parent insults the other to the child, the child actually feels insulted. Mm -hmm. The child actually takes that in and internalizes and thinks that something is wrong with them. Mm -hmm. So like, that's just an example, but educating yourself on what your child's going through and that what your child's needs are and what's best for them might not be what's best for you. Oh, Pilar, right? it's the most bitter pill to swallow. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, like I've had moms so many times, you know, they're stay-at-home moms with little kids and their career is being a mom. Oh. And the thought of being without their babies for a weekend is, I mean, you know, you'd think you were pulling them away and they were never going to see them again. And yeah. first of all, I just say, try a temporary right? Just try to get through a day, get through an overnight, get through a weekend. It does get easier and you've got to get out and find things that are good for you too. I mean, parenting, no matter whether you're separated or, or stay married is always a, a glimpse of time, right? They're always going to get older and they're going to detach from us and they're going to go off. And so sometimes starting to find a little bit of independence for ourselves 
it's really good for our mental health and it's also really good for our children. No, absolutely. I think, you know, ultimately long-term these lessons in adaptability that our children learn and the resiliency they see in us as moms, that all of that long-term is, is a better lesson than not. Right. But it's that it, it all goes back to control. Like it's the most unnatural feeling to say, okay, child that I've carried in my body and, you know, who I know better than myself, like here, go to the person I can't stand anymore. Have a great time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, really difficult, but I love the advice of going to a child psychologist. I'll tell you my daughter's in therapy and her therapist has opened my eyes to so many things about her that I may not have seen otherwise, or some of her needs that her dad and I may not have realized were that important because we take little things for granted, right? So that's really fantastic advice. There's another piece of it, I'll just add, that that um, I see so often where you know kids are people pleasers. Yeah. And I have heard so many times, my client will come in and say, she doesn't want to go to her dad's right? She doesn't want to go. She's adamant. She's miserable. She doesn't want to go. And I believe them. And I think they are really truly hearing that from their child. And then I hear the other side. She says she doesn't want to go home. She says she misses him. She asks why she can't see him more. And so to me, that's a child that's just being torn and and put in the middle. And it's really hard as a parent because you're really hearing it. But sometimes we don't know what we're putting out. Right. So might we be putting out body language to our child that's making them feel they can't be totally open and honest, that they really do value and want to spend time with the other parent? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important that, again, putting aside those emotions and understanding that fostering the relationship with the other parent is not going to cost you anything. It's not going to make you lose time with your child. They're not going to want you less. In fact, they're probably going to respect you more. Agreed. I've seen it backfire when people hold on too tight and little kids become teenagers. And what I've seen happen is all of a sudden they push from the restrictive parent towards the parent that they, in their minds, feel they haven't had enough time with. And that's devastating to watch. Right. Oh, so many things. Okay, well, let's not let's not scare people off just yet. <laughs> um, co-parenting is a beast, of course. But what are some ways um, when creating the parenting plan, aside from the overall scheduling and how the breakdown is going to go? What are some things that you see that people often overlook or forget to include in their plans that are really important? I think just the idea of being creative. You know, courts have these cookie cutter parenting plans that are one size fits all, but I've yet to see a family that fits the exact family next door. Mm -hmm. So sitting down and looking at your life, and that could be anything from, well, I'm going to have the kids on Mondays, but I have early Monday morning meetings. So maybe what you carve in is your ex-spouse picks them up and drives them to school. Right. Or maybe there's some kind of a notice provision when you want to exercise summertime that didn't take into consideration. Like, for example, I spent 20 years in Atlanta. Summer camps in Atlanta are booking up like the November before. Mm -hmm. So if you have this cookie cutter parenting plan that says you pick your summer weeks like April, you won't get your kids into summer camp. Right. It's too late. 
So I think really trying to get beyond what is just the form and what it says I'm supposed to do and thinking about how do we live our lives? How did we live them while we were under the same roof? How are we going to be living them now? And living our lives needs to include things beyond your kids. And by that, I mean, you have to maintain a full balanced life that will include parenting your kids, getting them to and from and all the things, but also getting to work on time, being able to you know, handle the big project that you need to, having time with your friends, having time to work out and take care of your physical health and mental health. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if you think about well, what does my life look like, how can we lay out a parenting plan that takes those things into consideration instead of just, it needs to be Friday at three to Monday at return to school. Right. Right. And I think the idea of quality versus quantity is really important to keep in mind too, because maybe you are a parent who works more than the other one and won't have the availability to pick up from school and do the homework. And Realizing that that doesn't make you any less of a parent so long as the time that you do get is quality and intentional and, and you know, helps foster the, the parent-child bond. I think people overlook that. They see like time as the deciding factor instead of what actually works and what really matters. And being engaged, right? So what kids focus on is the quality. Not They only focus on quantity when they hear parents talking about it. Mm -hmm. Right. When parents keep saying it has to be 50 50 or even Stephen, then kids will parent that. But left on their own, what kids focus on is, is mom or dad engaged? Right. Were they there when I needed them? If I needed help with homework or were they on their phone all the time? And so I tell parents, look, you can't be with your kids all the time. But what you can do is try to structure your life so that you can be a really engaged parent during the time that you are. That matters so much more. Yeah, of course. I, I tell myself that all the time when I'm I'm sad and, and missing my little one when she's with her dad. I think about how intentional our time is together and how much co-parenting has made me that way because maybe I would be the mom who takes all the time for granted and sits on my phone if I had 100% of my daughter all of the time. And I'm I'm grateful for that. I think there's so much to be learned and, and appreciated appreciative of in this process. I think it forces you to focus on what matters, right? Like you said, you can't take it for granted. So it forces you to be intentional. Okay. So let's bring it full circle a little bit. There's, there's so much to consider when going into this process, but really top of the list is asking yourself, what kind of divorce do I want to have? How do I want to set the tone for this? And then making long-term best decisions, not just emotionally based, what's fair for me decisions. What is your biggest piece of advice for women who are just starting out on the divorce process? Wow. <laughs> Again, I need two weeks. I think taking the time to do some planning because women especially get input from all different places. Mm -hmm. And you can be led down a path very quickly that might not be the best one whether that's finding information on the internet that's wrong or, and I love this one, my girlfriend said I should get. 
where my girlfriend got in her divorce. And I'm uh-huh. like, well, you're not married to her spouse. <laughs> you can't, he, your spouse doesn't earn what her spouse earns. You don't even yeah. live in the state. The laws aren't even the same. Right. And so, but we get caught up with these external forces and pressures. Um, it's, it takes a lot to do just like planning in any area of our life takes a lot. But if a woman can sit down and try to say, okay, 10 years from now, where do I want to be? Right. Where would I like to live? What kind of a relationship do I want to have with my ex, with my kids? Um, because another part of that is I see a lot of women, especially given to keep peace. Yes. Because I'm so happy think- you're saying this. Maybe their spouse will be nicer or a better co-parent or whatever, fill in the blank. And that's really not true, right? We are who we are. I am not saying to wage a war. I want to be very clear about that. There is absolutely a place for compromise in any divorce. But you've got to say long-term what's important for me um, and not just make decisions based on fear or wanting it to be done tomorrow or because you think your spouse will behave in a certain way if you do. This is your life, right? As far as we know, we have one of them and you don't get a do-over in divorce. So really sitting down, planning, soul searching, thinking through all the different things before taking too many steps down the road so that again, you can come back to being purposeful and saying, what are the goals that I set out? And does this action, does this decision lead me towards that goal or away from that goal? I love this that you, I love that you brought this up. Both of the issues, like don't ask people for advice if they haven't been where you're going. And also stop giving in to make the process quicker. Like I, I made that mistake of just wanting to rush through it and get it done because I thought there was like this magical pot of gold at the end of the rainbow waiting for me where you realize once you're divorced, that's not the case, but there is no rush and there's no, you know, it's not like a a give and take. Like I give you more and I'm going to get more from you. And people always find themselves disappointed in that, in that situation. So I'm so glad you brought that up. So many great things you bring up. And I have to say your website is, I mean, a wealth of like everything for anyone who is just starting out on the process or who's in the process and needs a little guidance. It's compassionate. It's thoughtful. It's educational. I think you've done such a great job with it. Can you talk a little bit more about it and, and what people can find on there? Absolutely. It's really my labor of love. Um, it, the idea for divorce and good company came about because having conversations with women for the last 20 years and watching how they went through the process, I felt like, uh, you know, most women were struggling more than they ought to. And I don't mean that it's not a tragedy and you're not going to suffer through it, but I mean that it felt like, like all the things we've talked about today, they didn't know how to start. They didn't know where to go. They didn't know how to make decisions and they didn't have resources to find them. So it really came about because we wanted to provide a lot of the things that I felt women weren't getting and they needed. I mean, you need legal advice and many women have a therapist and both of those are really important, but those are only two pieces of the puzzle, Mm -hmm. right? What's happening all day long when you're not on your lawyer's clock and you're not on your therapist's clock because that's where real life is happening. 
that's where all the decisions and the angst and the communications and everything is going on. Um, and so we really felt like we wanted to speak to that. And the other piece of it was lawyers talk to clients like robots. <laughs> I don't want to insult my profession, but that's how they teach us in law school. And they don't really teach you to talk like a human. And what I found was when I started talking to my clients, like they were human beings that were scared and vulnerable and feeling all these things, I had a much better relationship with them and we started getting much better results. Mm -hmm. So our goal was to talk to people like I'm your best friend. I just happen to really know what I'm talking about in this mm -hmm. area of your life. Mm -hmm. So we're really conversational. Um, we're positive, not Pollyanna. I don't blow smoke. But at the same time, like I told you, when we started, I've seen so many women get through it. And I know the women that come to our community will too. And we want to give them that message. And it literally is divorce and good company. I love that. It's such a great name. And I'm so excited, guys. This is going to be your new favorite website, I promise. Feels like a hug, but like one from like a really wise older sister. <laughs> Pilar, thank you. thank you so much. Aside from the website, where can everybody find you if they have more questions or want to get in touch? Well, so as far as the community, the website, and then my, um, you're always welcome to email me at info at divorceingoodcompany.com. Mm -hmm. We're a small team, so we're on that every day and we make sure we respond to everybody. Um, from the legal end, I practice in two states. So I'm at Pilar Family Law. But really, probably the email is the quickest way to reach me if somebody has a question. I have a feeling you'll be hearing from a lot of new friends <laughs> once this episode is out. For everybody listening, it. I couldn't support this concept more of doing divorce in a way that is helpful and positive. So divorceandgoodcompany.com, you know where to find me if you need me. Keep sending in your requests for topics. I love to cover those. And thank you for listening, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.